Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Pickleloaf and Dr. Zong! to silver and gold we got a low energy show this week because the loaf is sick again daddy gross <clears throat> i am the sickly loaf and with me the pumped up zom way hey way hey this week doing uh, the double for demise a couple of crispin glover flicks reuben and ed from 1991 and the river's edge from 1986. We'll get into those shortly. Zom, how are you, sir? Very good. I am um, ecstatic about things. Yeah. That I don't want to go into right now. But those of you who know, know. Those of you who don't, don't. Wait, I don't know if I know. Do I know? No, I'm just making shit up, to yeah, tell you the truth. Me too. Yeah, just trying to get people thinking. You know, little stuff talking talking up in <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, yesterday at work, I started feeling the the discomfort behind the nose, little little post nasal drip. Yeah, let me tell you if something. You have a people. deviated septum. Let me tell you something. I work in a petri dish, and I'm not happy about it. It's awful. I love this Maybe part. Maybe you should work in a store instead. <laughs> Could really use an accordion riff right here. Uh, so yeah, I have a day off today, and uh, it's just a, a two, two, two out of my last three days off have been spent sick laying down. God bless America. Land that I love. So Zom, what have you been watching this week, sir? Well, we got back in the swing of things a little bit, so take off your shoes, turn out the lights, love be tonight. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> see, the first thing I watched, I get a chuckle as I just look at my list, Charlie's Angels, full oh. throttle. <laughs> Is that the one with Crispin Glover? That, well, he's in it, okay. <laughs> but it's, it's, um, it's um, the one with Demi Moore. The, the uh, former angel who turned bad, uh, and she shows off her 40-year-old body, which is really hot uh, at the time. Hot enough that she got a 20-year-old fucking gay ex-model TV show guy and married him. And then when he left, she fell apart. No, I'm so sad. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> this movie's stupid as shit. It was on TV and I watched it. <laughs> it was kind of in between um, 
watching baseball. Mm-hmm. No, I really haven't gotten too much into watching f- 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 football this year. Um, because season's, season's I almost just, halfway over, man. You got to get yeah, in with it. I just, uh, I don't know. I'll turn on the Steelers every once in a while, but I just can't get into it. I know the Cowboys are just going to be the way they always are, and they are, so I don't care. Um, <clears throat> but I was watching uh, as la- the last show. Uh, I watched uh, some uh, football, aka soccer. This nice. this time I watched uh, KHL hockey, Moscow Dynamo, <laughs> which is, uh, uh, or, or whatever. So it's these Russian teams since the NHL. I think they just did finally say they were going to um, start playing. But uh, okay. But anyway, so I've been watching some sports. I've been watching a, a lot of baseball, but mostly just the Yankees and the uh, Tigers, rooting for the Tigers. Woo! Well, that's dumb, and they man. won. They swept the fuck out of those cocksuckers. Yeah, that was not sorry. Pretty. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and A-Rod. Sitting in a G, K I S S I N G. That maybe, for some reason, when you said salmon A Rod, it made me think of Ham and Egger. Ham and Egger. That's what Bobby Heenan always called people. Oh, yeah, you're Ham. <laughs> they were Ham and Eggers. A Rod was pissed. He won't be there. I mean, I know they got to pay him, and he's like 100 years old. They got to pay him like a lot of money, but whatever. There's rumors of him tr- getting traded to the Marlins. Well, if they'll. If they'll Pay off the rest of his contract. I mean, he can go down there and show my. So, so sit down in that chair right there and I'm show you how it's done. <laughs> Strike out, no run, boys run. Okay, anyway, the next thing I watched was uh, Dark Shadows with Johnny Deppy. Uh, this was a Tim Burton uh, venture. Tim Burton, Johnny Depp venture. And uh, I thought it was pretty funny. It's, um, it's a comedy, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's still. Uh, done in the Tim Burton way. It's not just straight up, um, you know, when they would do the Brady Bunch parodies and stuff like that. It's not. Right. It's not as much like that. And um, um, what was I watching the other day? They were talking about the sexualization. It was uh, Law and Order. Emily and I were talking about because I was watching Law and Order SVU Special Victims Unit, and she loved that show. And um, they were talking. This one guy was a pet. Every time they have somebody famous on the show, <laughs> I uh, think she's called into our show to talk about this. They're a pedophile. Yeah, they're, right? they're the rapist or whatever, or the pedophile. <laughs> and um, uh, Robert Patrick, the the T one thousand Terminator, was on there, and he was a, uh, uh, <clears throat> a rapist. And um, he was talking about um, the sexualization of kids. He said, "You know, everybody." says how bad I am for doing this da, da 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 but then he said he he went to prison and he supposedly went straight and he wasn't going to molest kids anymore he took a vow and all this and that and, and they thought some a kid came up had been raped and I don't know if it's killed or not I can't remember but so they suspected it was him so they they the one guy went undercover and acted like he was a pedophile and went to the I don't know what we call it, like AA. You know, when people go to AA and they say oh, I'm an alcoholic, right. and they all sit around. You know, he went there and tried to act, and act like he was, and he befriended the guy. So he kind of almost pushed him back into doing this shit. He wasn't the guy that did it, but he they basically set him up, and you know, had a female um, cop that was real young looking dress up and walk down the street and shit. And uh, he said, you know. 
I tried to go straight. I tried to be good. And every every magazine I look at has uh, underage kids sexualized. Every movie I see has underage kids sexualized. So Dark Shadows, that's one thing when, when that Chloe Moretz, that movie um, um, Hick that I reviewed and this one, I mean, she's like 15 years old. And in mm-hmm. both movies, they totally you know have her try. But that's one thing I was saying when I posted pictures about her. I said, you, you see – They'll pose her or have her dressed in a certain way, and you'll right. be like, "God, she does look like she's you know being sexy or whatever." But then when she starts talking and you actually see her moving around, it's just like a little kid playing fucking, you know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, so anyway, but it's pretty good. And uh, Helena Barnum Carter um, has red hair, and it turned my crank. Fuck that little <laughs> kid! I want the old stuff. <laughs> The expertise, daddy. Hey, I ain't no pedo. I like old broads. Yeah. Not Dylan, not Dylan old. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the fucking shit's out, Dylan. Just forget it, man. Just go with it. Just go with it, man. The sexualization of grandmas is all over magazines. <laughs> um, next thing I watched was... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I watched Rock of Ages. <laughs> uh, God, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I could not wait. Um, I usually, if I watch something, I post the either some pictures or the poster. But if somebody says, well, what would you think of this? I don't usually comment on it because I want to save it for the show. But I couldn't wait to get home and just go off on this fucking piece of shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It, I, was, I, I fucking t- tapped about... Uh, between halfway and three quarters of the way, I mean, I was like, "Oh did my god!" It? I did, but <laughs> I finished it with my um, one earbud in, watching uh, <laughs> I think Shame on my iPad because it's so. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, the that one the the main chick, which is Julian Julianne Huff. Mm-hmm. She is a cute little blonde. She has a cute little, you know, kind of a sexy little figure. But she's so fucking annoying. It's like if you watch Coyote Ugly with Piper Perabo and the like, the love story there. It's the same thing. It's so cheesy and annoying and sappy and makes you want to fucking vomit. <laughs> and then it's like American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, and I don't know, uh, uh, fucking just, just like shitty. Karaoke fucking cucks. Oh my god! I want to punch. So Kevin Nash is in it. Nice. He plays one of Tom Cruise. They have two big, tall, huge bodyguards mm-hmm. for Stacy Jacks, who is Tom Cruise. Now, I will say this: he kind of did a Frank T.J. Mackey sort of. But I mean, he was the best part of the movie. But still, he even fucking annoyed me. You know, it was just like, uh, and my friend uh, Greg was like, "Oh, I like, I like it. I, I like that. I like that music." I'm like, "I like the music too. I like those songs." But this is just shit, man. Fuck this shit. Don't watch it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can watch it, but I and I was open minded when they showed the trailer and it first came out, and some of the people that are in our group were like, "Oh my god, that makes me sick." And I was like, "Well, I think it looks like it might be good." Is it, is it uh, better or worse than New Gladiators? <laughs> uh, that you gave a one to last week. Let me think. <laughs> 
it's too close to fucking call. <laughs> it's, it's, well, at least this it's had a finish. It was uh, I. Uh, bleh. Bleh. Next thing I watched was the Raven with John Cusack. Um, uh, this was pretty good <laughs> until he got in the to the uh, death matches with Tommy Dreamer. Uh, <laughs> yes, this wasn't bad. It was um, not great, but it was uh, it was okay. It was worth a watch. Um, Do you remember Lodi? Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he was from this area, and uh, my my girlfriend at the time uh, th- in Greenville's. But we we went to school to about an hour and a half apart, and she called me, and she's like, "Do you know who uh, Lodi is?" And um, I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Well, he he goes here to this gym I'm working at, and uh, he got a call. I got a call, asked to talk to him. His name his name was like Jason or something, yeah. and." Um, he wasn't there and he's like and she was like she was like excited to tell me she's like just tell him that tell him that Raven called <laughs> and she immediately called me on the cell phone to tell me that she had just talked to Raven on the phone so she should have just told him she said I can't and if he said why I say quote the Raven nevermore <laughs> anyway but I mean this is um uh, <laughs> uh, you mock me it had um Not Ray Winstone. Who's the other fat guy that was in uh, <laughs> in Bruges? The other fat guy in Bruges? Oh, uh, uh, what is that guy's name? He was also in Brendan some Gleason? other. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He's in this, but it's it's all right. It's worth watching. It's not not nothing. I mean, it's not like the greatest goddamn movie in the fucking world. Cusack. Next day I watched was a little James Bond double feature. Actually, it was. Uh, um, <laughs> I watched Goldeneye uh, with uh, James Bond and <laughs> with <me>. James Bond. <laughs> James Bond was in it. <laughs> <laughs> James Bond and Famke Johnson uh, and Alan Cumming was in it, and uh, he was just this fucking annoying little fucking computer geek asshole. Um, I like Famke, even though she was the bad girl. Uh, she's squishing with his legs, with squish him with her legs, squish him with his legs. <laughs> uh, and uh, but I've seen that before. It's nothing new there. I mean, it's uh, I like that one though. It's a good one. And uh, then Die Another Day came on, and uh, that's the one with Halle Berry. And um, I don't like her. I think she's pretty, but I just don't like her. And so I went for a walk with the dogs instead. <laughs> and, uh, so I didn't finish that one. I didn't even. I started watching. I was like, yeah. uh, the next thing I watched was a movie on Netflix Instant Watch, and I just had it in my queue. I didn't really know anything about it, um, and it's called The Veteran with Toby Cabell, and I think that's how you say his last name: K E B B E L L. And um, you'll know him from if you've seen. Did you have you seen Rock and Rolla? Uh, no, I've got that in my Netflix queue. I've been meaning to watch that one since Sammy. Well, he's one. then in my, uh, but for everybody else out there, he's the uh, guy that stands in front of the mirror while they play the clashes. <laughs> Daddy was a bank robber. He never did hurt <laughs> nobody. But it's good. It's um, it's surprisingly better. I mean, I I shouldn't say better, but I didn't know even anything about it so i thought it was probably going to be some low budget thing or something like that it's good and it's uh it's a uh, drama action drama but uh, 
it's got some balls. It does stuff that you wouldn't think, and it's got some nuts to it. Uh, <laughs> let's see. The next thing I watched, I think you have watched, called it's called The Stunt Man. Yeah. With Pete Tool and Steve Rails back. Yeah, that's a weird one. Dude, some people now I and that's the thing with this one. I know it's probably kind of a, a divisive movie because I know people that I assume think that it's really good. Oh man, I thought it was brutal. I thought Steve Railsback was so horrible. Um I saw him in the you know, uh, Helter Skelter, the the Charles Manson TV movie when I was a kid. And he was good in that because he was playing the crazy-eyed Charles Manson. He just has no facial expression, no emotion, no charisma. I don't know how he got in fucking movies. I guess he he auditioned for the uh, part to play Manson and because he was short and had that crazy look and he could do, I'm the devil. (laughs) The devil always shaves his head. You know, and shit like that. But, I mean, he's just horrible in it. Um, Peter O'Toole is good, but the story is... I mean, I can see where the story, the concept could have been really good. But yeah. it was goofy and stupid. And Barbara Hershey, I didn't think she was very good either. Um, I just... I, I was really disappointed. I've had this for a while and never watched it. And I remember when it came out that it kind of flopped. But it had like a cult um, following. It's different. I bought it in. Uh, I bought it at Horrorhound last year. Yeah. Um, it. Uh, it's a pretty nice DVD set, but I don't know. I couldn't really get into the movie. It, I, I liked where it was going sometimes because it was very. It was almost meta in a way, and I really liked the way. Yeah. Who was the director? Who? Uh, I don't know. I don't care. Well, I, I always liked how he would swing in in his big like crane chair and shit. And I thought you meant the actual director? No, no, no. The direct. The guy that played the director. Yeah, Peter um, O'Toole. Oh, that was O'Toole. Okay. The, um, you know, I like that kind of, but I don't know. The, the movie as a whole felt a little slow or boring or something for me. Stupid's what it felt like to me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> next thing, it wasn't stupid. It was just, um, it was, there was something not right. They, there, there were several people that I read that were up for the, 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 the two main roles of the, the stuntman and the director. And uh, like one of them that uh, was like Sean Connery was going to be the director, and uh, they had like Ryan O'Neill. They had a bunch of really good actors set to play the stuntman, and just because Railsback had just done the Charles Manson thing and was such, he got such great reviews for playing that part. And yeah, I remember when that when that was on TV, and everybody was scared to death, and you know, and they they were like, "Oh my God, he's so good." Man, he sucks, and it, it's proven every movie he made after that because he made nothing but B movie shit, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, next thing I watched was The Quiet American, and this is the 1954 version of the Grand Green novel, uh, which was later remade uh, with Michael Caine and Brendan Fraser. Uh, this is um, in the in those roles. It's uh, Michael Redgrave and Audie Murphy, and this is a really good movie. Um, it's very intelligent, and um, the the three um, seventeenth uh, platoon that the gentleman reviewed as my uh, as one of my picks last week in my absentia. 
Uh, it kind of goes along with that because um, it takes place sort of around you know the same time. So it would be a little nice, nice little companion piece. If you need a companion, you go get this movie. <laughs> um, next thing I watched was Frank T.J. Mackey in Magnolia. And this stars Philip Seymour Hoffman. I really need to see that again. I loved that when I saw oh, it. Oh, it's so good. It is so good. And, and um, while I was watching it, now this movie was like uh, just a little over three hours long maybe, like close to three hours or three hours mm-hmm. and minutes. And while I was watching it, I had this revelation which was it is amazing how you, the, the, the quality of a movie – can affect you because I have recently watched some hour and 20 to hour and a half movies Yeah, that literally was like <laughs> pulled teeth to watch them that seemed like it took five hours that I was so annoyed or pissed off or whatever. I watched this, it's three hours long and I just sat through it and it doesn't even seem like it, you know, I was like, right. fuck man, you know, God damn this movie is long, but I'd be hell I've only got a half hour left because it just, Compel, you know, hold, grabs you and holds you. Philip Seymour Hoffman is fucking awesome in this. There were several points where, um, I wouldn't say that I was in tears because I've seen it so many times. But the parts where um, Cruz um, is with, um, or Frank T.J. Mackey is with his dad are pretty emotional, and in the in the Julian uh, Moore is very good in it. Um, everybody's really good in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a good, uh, and you know, uh, blah blah blah. And I think I wonder if uh, P.T. Anderson, like, uh, now I don't know about other movies that he's done, but like at the end of this one, there's all this shit going on, and it's talking about like, um, uh, f- not fate, but like a uh, sort of fate and things kind of coming together all these different people and little things that draw them all together and and uh but then in the end i know you know of course the end of magnolia is kind of infamous or famous or infamous um and things like if things seem like they're all going to shit and then in the end things kind of have a way of working themselves out yeah uh they did sort of the same thing in boogie nights where everything was kind of going to shit, uh, the drug thing where Thomas Jane and Dirk and what's his face go to the place and all that shit happens. The guys sitting in the 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 uh, uh, what's his name, the black cowboy goes into the donut shop and the guy comes in and robs it and all stuff. But everything ends up working out because when the donut shop thing goes awry, everybody gets killed and there's this big bag of money which solves all his problems. Dirk, you know, they all yeah, get a. Yeah. Drug thing, but it's like he has this thing where they they're living their lives, <clears throat> and then everything kind of spins out of control, and you're like, "Oh my god, why me? Why me?" And then you know, but I guess that's life, you know. If you just keep clicking, moving forward, things have a tendency to sort themselves out. I'm not sure Unless all of his stories. I mean, you know, uh, it's two, but I mean, you know, I, I, I can't. There will be movies? blood. Definitely. Well, things work out for him. <laughs> and uh, uh, the the master that you probably haven't seen yet. Um, eh. It's it just starts today here, so maybe I'll go see it after I get off here. It's good. Uh, next thing I watched, I got into it. Okay, now uh, um, my list is pretty long. Anyway, I'm surprised, but I actually did some, 
you know, sports, but I actually got into a little mini Star Trek uh, marathon thingy. Uh, one episode was uh, I, I, I don't have the exact names of the episodes, but the Edith Keeler Must Die, which is a pretty famous one, uh, with Joan Collins, uh, the Trouble with Tribbles, uh, and then uh, the one with Gary Seven, and uh, the the one where they first introduced the Romulans, which was pretty good. Um, I just have the two little uh, things from Walmart of uh, the the two little DVDs. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? Little? Well, little compared to the full seasons. They just have the greatest hits. It's, it's on. Um, I think that's on Netflix or something. It's on Netflix, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just about everything Star Trek's on Netflix. Uh, next thing I watched was Naked Alibis, and this was starring Sterling Hayden, and uh, it was pretty good. Um, I rented this on iTunes. Um, the the uh, the uh, the quality I was really surprised. Well, you know, it's black and white, and I watched it on my iPad, and I was like, man, this looks really good. Uh, very very good movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, it it's got I think Lana Turner is the chick in it, and um, it's Sterling Hayden. Of course, if you like him, you'll pretty much like just about anything he's in because he's just this big chunk of uh, fucking pine, like a big chunk of wood. He's 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 charismatic, but he's it's just fun watching him. You know how he acts and everything. But it's uh, he's a cop and um um. Starts out having to do with like police brutality, but uh, somebody um, kills some policemen, and he has to figure out who's doing it uh, after he gets kicked off the force. Um, now, the next thing I watched was Sunny Chiba in the Karate Warriors. Um, this, I want to see a good print of this because I just got like a big lots uh, dollar. Yeah. DVD that had two movies on it, this one and The Bodyguard. And uh, the the way that this is cut is horrible. Mm. Like uh, when I'm watching it on my TV. Now, I, I didn't watch it. I was watching it with the dogs on the old TV in the basement. So I didn't watch it on the, uh, on the big screen, the flat screen. Um, so when I was watching it on just the square TV, um, like they cut off the people's heads. Like, <laughs> like man, what the fuck's wrong with him? But it was still entertaining. I mean, you know, the yeah, yeah. uh, rules. Uh, next thing I watched was Crime Wave, which was, um, an, let's see, this was another Sterling Hayden movie I got on iTunes. And this one stars uh, Sterling Hayden. It stars Tim Carey's in it. Um, and he acts so fucking goofy that even though his part is only, is like a small part, it's like, There'd be five people in the room, and he's sitting on the floor by the bathroom door back there making faces. He's sitting, <laughs> it's like, what the fucking hell's wrong with him? Um, and it stars a very young uh, Charles Bronson. And even in the titles, it's it's like uh, whatever, Buchin- Charles Buchinski. It's not even listed as Charles Bronson. And he's one of the main people. Uh, very good. Very young. He's young, man. Uh, and he acts about the same. I mean, he might have even acted a little bit better than he did when he got older. Oysters and turkey. And turkey. Uh, next thing I watched was the hardcore, uh, and the way it's the core is spelled is like Marine Corps C O R P S. Corpse. And uh, starred Jean Claude Van Damme and Vivica A. Fox. And um, oh no. 
Yeah, it's one of those Van Damme straight to DVDs. Um, he's a soldier, has a little maybe a little post-traumatic stress thingy or whatever, and he becomes a bodyguard for the uh, like the heavyweight champion. This dude and it's not bad. And they have a you know they have a little fight and lots of gunplay and you know he doesn't get along with him. Uh, next thing I watched was Betrayed, and this uh, stars um, Clark Gable. Victor Mature, and um, it's pretty good. I like this one. I'd never heard of it, and I uh, got it on iTunes also, uh, rented it, and um, it keep, kept keep, me- keep talking. I uh, will be right back. Okay, you gotta get poop. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so this um, it's like a uh, sort of I don't know if I want to say who done it. It's a spy. Uh, World War II spy movie behind enemy lines with the Nazis, and um, they're trying trying to figure out who the traitor is. Thus, the movie is called Betrayed. And uh, I watched a porno movie with, um, I think this was from the porno movie Bad Girls Two, maybe. Uh, and uh, I didn't watch the whole movie; I just watched the clip, and I didn't even uh, masturbate to it. So, um, but it stars uh, Amberlynn. And Dick Rambone, and this is from the '80s, and um, it's pretty funny. They do a, a spoof of Bonnie and Clyde, and um, Dick Rambone. It's infamous to me and my friends because uh, of Dick Rambone's acting ability. He has a very large penis, uh, which I guess that's why he is in porno movies, and he has a um, big caterpillar mustache. But his acting is pretty poor, and he tells Amber Lynn, Amber. I want you to suck my cock. It explodes. Oh, and um, <clears throat> the last thing I watched, uh, and hopefully I can drag this out until Loaf gets back. <laughs> I'm back. It's a Sydney Lamette movie. Uh, this is a uh, a uh, his take on the John Le Carre uh, novel, The Deadly Affair. And uh, it stars James Mason as, uh, well, I was going to say George Smiley, because in the book it's George Smiley. But for some reason, I think they did not have the rights to the name George Smiley or something when they made this movie. Because for whatever reason, everybody else's name in the book, Mendel and the different characters are the same as the John Lacare, uh book. But George Smiley is not named George Smiley. It's they call him uh, I can't remember what his name is in the movie, but it's James Mason plays a part. It's pretty good. Um, so anyway, uh, check it out. Uh, that's about it. Um, I don't that's know if my I'm wife, back. I got to wash my hands in a minute. Uh, <laughs> oh. Okay, so I had a what? No, I had a pretty good week. Um, I started off. Uh, I had ordered the uh, the Gangs of Wasipur, uh parts one and two set um, when it first came out here in America. This is, a, I guess, it's Bollywood. It's it's a Hindi film, um, but it's it was produced independently. It's not from one of the big Bollywood places um, studios. It's not. There's no there's no dancing or, I guess there's singing in it, but it's all the music in it is based on Indian folk music and it's, it's worked into the movie a certain way. Either it'll be a montage of either a little time passing with some music playing, or it'll be people like sitting around like guys sitting around in prison 
singing a song together or something like that. But it's never it's never a produced piece like most Bollywood films. And this movie is really fucking violent. It was really good. Um, hmm. With the parts one and two together, it's five like five and a half hours. Um, it is broken up into two like like two hour twenty minute movies. So um, you can definitely you definitely I, I I actually waited a couple days between. Um, first half is it's 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 epic in length I guess because it starts mm-hmm. back in the forties with how these gangs in this it's Wasipur is a, it's just like a it's just like a, a ghetto basically it's just really like crappy little town that's in a, this disputed area in northern India um, lots of coal barons and stuff and you know gang uh, the cops re- don't really go in there much and um, it's it's funny it says it's based on real people but the names have been changed but i was looking up the people that it was based on and basically all they did was change their first name (laughs) nice (laughs) um i don't know how much of it is is actual reality but um it's just basically like this you know it it almost comes down to like the big powerful guy versus the little guy kind of story and the little guy family just keeps going and going and the big guys just keeps fucking them over. So it's really good. That kind of sounds like fiction to me. It's it's really good. So it's worth checking out. Um, I watched, uh, Pete Seeger, the power of songs, a documentary about, uh, about Pete Seeger, former communist, former folk singer, Current Pete Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. <laughs> <laughs> Currently, like ninety eight thousand years old, still living in a cabin up in New York. Uh, New York. Um, it was all right. It, it, wasn't? Didn't he play the little banjo picker kid in Deliverance? I never. Pete Seeger always eluded oh, no, me because I I never understood his because when I was a kid, you know, they'd be like, oh, it's you know, on the. Um, what the fuck and, uh, the Smothers Brothers or something would have like Pete Seeger and they're like you know making a big deal of him. and then he'd come on it'd be this old he looked old even then oh he was well this, he, he started doing his music in the 30s yeah, so by the time the like Smothers Brothers brother show he was already you know in his 60s 70s or you know or 60 yeah, years, yeah. 60 years old or so So, but I uh, mean uh, you know I, I, he'd come out with his banjo and I'm like okay this guy's got a banjo and I thought he was going to play like uh foggy mountain breakdown or something and he's like this land was made for you and me and i'm like what the fuck's this shit it was, it was pretty cool because he you know he had the, the the protest music and all that and less trouble did he ever smoke weed oh uh, no he didn't smoke or drink or anything really like that, so. i mean that's, honestly god that's that's surprising i they thought didn't he talk about it anyway all involved in the hippie movement so i figured he'd be like a you know it was, it was it was interesting. It felt a little long, but I get that way with documentaries sometimes. We're like, oh, I, can, I feel like I know enough now, and we're still going. So, um, then I watched another documentary about uh, our war, our our uh, country at war in the forties. It was called Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah, <laughs> oh. this movie was this movie was fucking fun, man. I I liked it a lot. My I, t- I somehow talked my wife into watching it, and she fell asleep about twenty minutes in, and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, man, yeah. Are so fucking horrible. <laughs> um, now, what what'd you think about the uh, the CGI where they made when at the beginning when they made him like scrawny and I was I was looking for it because I knew it was there and <laughs> they did a really good job. I thought it looked they good. Did. Um, yeah, a I couple surprised. of times, a couple of times, his head looked a little floaty. Yeah, but I mean, I hey, you know, I if if I hadn't seen as many movies as I had, I might have been fooled by it. Definitely. I might have just thought, "Oh, that looks a little weird." I wonder why. Maybe it's the camera or something. But I knew it going in, so maybe that's why I was looking for it. 
Uh, it was it was really good. It was a lot of fun. So um, I still need to watch Thor and the Avengers. So I, I'm getting caught up slowly. Maybe I should have watched Thor first. Um, let's see. Oh, I watched uh, Linda Blair and Savage Streets. Um, yeah, it was she really has good. Nice tits. She did have some nice tits, and then and there was lots of titties in this movie. Um, I'd never seen this one before. I'd you know I'd watched. I can't even remember what I talked about last week. I was so fucking out of it. But uh, I watched. Um, what was the prison movie? A uh, caged heat. Caged heat. Yeah, so I watched Caged Heat last week. So this is my my finishing up the Linda Blair double that I never got to finish last week. Um, and it's pretty it's pretty humorous. It's you know it's a vigilante movie, but I mean she's fucking wearing like black leather suit and has a crossbow. So nothing wrong with that. It's pretty awesome. And when she zips up her, I put a little video of it. I recorded on my iPhone of the, t- of the screen of zips up that fucking leather coat and her titties squished together. I was like, ah, yes, <laughs> yes, this is it. Um, let's see. I, I watched, uh, Oh wait here. I have a, a little accompanying music with this. <laughs> You're gonna feed the fire. I watched a movie. Yeah. So I bought this on the day that it came out. On Blu-ray. It's a little movie called Prometheus. Love the one you're with, baby. It's good. Um. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, what do you, when you say it's good, what do you mean? Well, I mean, despite, despite the obvious, like the the glaring plot holes and the poor acting and the uh, the raping of my childhood, it's it's entertaining. So yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, well, I don't know what more to ask out of a out of a fucking summer, you know summer movie for the masses so it was stupid it was so stupid <laughs> I, fucking, I hate you hey, i hate you <laughs> i enjoy it quite a bit i'll watch it again i'm sure and I, I need to i need to dig into the making of so i hear it's really worth checking out so sad did you see any of the deleted scenes? no i i was i watched this last night and i was already feeling sick and i'm just like oh, i gotta fucking go to bed so i'll probably watch it today when so I'm if i watch prometheus i'll probably feel at least a little bit better <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I made it through the whole thing. I just it has a healing, soothing thing. Oh, I had some black goo just smeared it all over my face. Um, let's see. I started watching Fringe this week. Um, it's this is the the TV show. Uh, yeah. We it's 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 good so far. I heard the first season's not even like it. It seems like it struggles to get its footing. But I watched the first two episodes, the pilot, which was almost two hours long, and then the second episode and. It, it's, I mean, it's it's gory. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's got some funny stuff in it too. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched the first season and then I tuned out. I yeah. just didn't uh, stick with it. I mean, not because it wasn't good. I just sure. you know, L series. I just don't have it. And uh, have the I time. Mean, I like I've, I've I'm like it so far. So I'll I'll be sticking with it. And then um, I and which I don't say often about TV shows. That chick doesn't wear a bra. I don't think in it either. The blonde, the main I don't girl. Think she does it all. If you watch it, sometimes her her boobs are. Jiggling and jiggling and jangling. Yeah, jangling. Um, and then this morning, uh, while I was getting the uh, breaks and stuff ready for the show, I watched Army of Darkness. Um, <laughs> I have not seen this. Well, well, I was thinking about reviewing this for our actiony horror. I love that. Halloween. Yeah, I hadn't seen this it's, in a long time. 
It's kind of divisive for some reason. Some people hate it, man. I thought it was fun as hell. Yeah, that and and yeah, I like I like Evil Dead, all the you know Evil Dead one and two and this one a lot. So I mean, I fucking named my dog Ash after him. So <laughs> oh god, you're so gay. Yeah, I'm so gay. The uh, not in a bad way though. <laughs> not bad gay, not hard gay. Yeah, you're more like hard gay. I'm fun. I'm fun gay. Yeah. Yeah, I, didn't, um, so I mean, that I don't mean like, yeah, I mean like, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're gonna take a break and come back and review. <laughs> we'll review Ruben and Ed. See, like uh, uh, Prometheus is to that that song right there is telling people that are Aliens fans when you're in the theater. And you're not watching Aliens. No, just love the one you're with, man. Love the one you're with. Don't fucking think about it. Don't think of the other one. Don't think <laughs> of your old girlfriend while you're with this one. Enjoy what you have. Quit fucking being a, a, a fucking, uh, I don't know. I don't want to <laughs> insult anybody. All right, we'll be right back with Ruben and Ed. They're gay. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. Smooth sound. Fabulous. 1340. K.A.B. I was walking on the ground. I didn't make a sound. Then I turned around and I saw a clown. Had a frown. Stood on a mound. Started barking like a hound. When I came to it, I found he showed me something that was brown. So we became great friends, and late in life, he got sick. All right, we're back. <laughs> I gave him some soup, but he got worse. It asked for its purse. It got it, but it was empty, so it cried a plenty. Could you imagine if you bought this album back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Crispin Glover music, everybody. This is... Uh... Yeah. Oh, we'll just it? play this for the rest of the show and not even talk. <laughs> what is the name of this Crispin... I don't remember the name of this album. Crispin Glover's 1980. Crispin Glover, uh, big problem, something or I don't know. Big problem is not the solution. The solution is let it be, or something like that. Yeah. Let clown, it be. Yeah. Clowny, clownly clown clown is the name of. The I remember clowny clown clown. I remember when this came out. <laughs> they talked about it. All right, so Ruben and Ed. Um, ah. <laughs> From 1991, uh, starring Crispin Glover, Howard Hessman, 
kind of starring Karen Black, I guess. Uh, directed by Trent Harris, who I'll look up while you're talking. But uh, reclusive Ruben Farr teams up with vocal but unsuccessful multi-level salesman Ed Tuttle on a quest to bury Ruben's dead cat in the quote-unquote perfect spot. The trip takes them across Utah's desert where they have run-ins with Ed's ex-wife Rula and an elusive Andy Warhol critic. That was pretty funny. Um, Zom, what did you what did you think of Ruben and Ed? Um, well, I really liked this movie. It was very funny. It was quirky. Um, no, it's um, <laughs> it's fucking zany. Yeah, some zany shit. Um, I didn't know what to expect because the only reference that I had. About this movie. Wait, I gotta prop my legs. Oh, get. Oh, there we go. Um, the only reference I had of this movie was um, uh, at the time uh, there was an infamous incident with Crispin Glover and David Letterman on the David Letterman show, and uh, Crispin Glover. This had to have been almost the exact same time, or at the time when this movie was being made, or when it was coming out, because Crispin Glover basically wore the same outfit, which is pretty memorable, mm-hmm. on the Letterman show, and um, uh, like almost kicked David Letterman in the head with his big platform shoes, <laughs> and then he was banned from the show. And they went to uh, commercial. Letterman was pissed, and uh, I think I don't know if Crispin Glover was ever let back on the show. If he was, it was much, 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 much later. Um, but. Um, he was pretty much in character on the show. Yeah. Um, the it's 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 like a road. It's a road movie where they're going on, you know, like a you know a trip or adventure or whatever. Um, it starts out with Ed is uh, Doctor Johnny Fever, Howard Hessman, who was also in Billy Jack, the original. Um, he is kind of a loser, I guess. Uh, one of these guys that, um, he's, he's, uh, like a, a real estate salesman or he goes to these seminars to learn how to be successful. And, uh, he has, uh, anger issues. Uh, he's divorced. He's obsessed with his, um, ex-wife or wife, soon to be ex-wife. Um, but he's just—he just looks like shit. He's—I—I I, feel sorry for him in some in some ways because he—you know—you're like, oh my god, this guy—he's just got you know—I don't know—he's just kind of dumb, but um, got a lot of problems and um, has a horrible, horrible toupee. Oh, uh, <laughs> so bad. The thing's so bad it looks like a fucking coonskin cap on top of his head, and. Um, his lines were probably uh, of the. I mean, I I, I laughed of, it, when I did laugh in this movie. It was usually at, at the lines that he was giving. I did. I, I thought he, some of the things he said was funny, and especially like his little outbursts when he would always apologize afterwards. Yeah, so, I mean, the second he says it, he's like, "You fucking stupid." Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it. So he definitely had like a. He's, he's like the the uh, Seinfeld Serenity Now kind of guy, where he has the anger issues and. <laughs> You know, can't control himself and goes off, and then you know he's been through therapy and all this shit. Um, 
And he... It's funny because I was just thinking about Magnolia and Frank T.J. Mackey's seminars and then uh, this movie where uh, Ed goes to uh, these self-help, self, uh, you know, uh, be successful in selling real estate bullshit. And um, he has to he he you know wants to get sign people up to go look at this you know or to actually i think it's almost like a pyramid scheme where yeah, yeah. he he gets people to go to the seminars um uh, and each get person people. gets yeah, another yeah, person yeah, yeah gets another person um i got roped into one of those ones i mean not entirely but i thought it was going to be a job interview and i went and there was just a bunch of people in a room with that kind of thing and i was like uh really and i just fucking just walked i walked out in the middle of it fuck this shit was it uh, seduce and destroy? Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, the name of it. Uh, <laughs> there's some really goofy stuff in this. Like, uh, um, at one point, Hessman is just walking. I can't remember what the the the, uh, the circumstances were, but he was walking by this guy who was like a trash man, and the guy just barked at him like a dog. And, <laughs> my I mean, kind my of, dog actually growled at that noise. It sounded good enough to it. It sounded like a dog. I mean, it's like, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Like a like a Rottweiler or yeah. something. It's like what the fuck? He like kind of leaped back and looked like what the hell? Um, now he he goes to say like a I don't know not a park but like a a, a very a, a kind of a busy uh, area where businesses are and everything and people are walking by and he's trying to sign people up and he's just so he he basically goes through the spiel even if the people aren't interested aren't listening because he's told just stick to the script and you know read this thing off and it it just sells itself it'll right. work no matter what you do and these people are like no man i'm not interested and he just keeps going on with with the the script like he's not even listening to what they're saying so he finally he sees this uh goofball <laughs> well we get we can introduce him too so you or you are introduced to crispin glover's character before this and he he, lives, home, he yeah. lives in a motel room. His mom is the manager of the motel. And his hobby, like the way he passes time, and we don't really realize what it, why yet, but he has this squeaky mouse and he plays. I forgot the, I forgot the music that he plays. They said what it is. Yeah, it's some uh, classical. Yeah, and he marches to this classical music while he squeaks this this squeaky little mouse toy and uh, my dog my dog also also perked up to that because when he hears the hears the squeak he thinks that you're getting ready to throw a toy and he's looking nice. around <laughs> um well, so and his his mom takes the mouse away from him because he thinks she thinks he's weird and since he's like wonder why yeah you're you're not allowed <laughs> to have your mouse back until you make a friend and you have to bring him home for dinner so then then their their paths cross well i like i like also how he um he has a poster or a, a calendar or something with a really smoking hot, like a uh, 80 <laughs> chick on it in a bikini with a high waisted, uh, thong or whatever. And, uh, so he just sits there and he just stares at this picture and then he drifts off into like his fantasy land and, and she'll just like, the picture will start moving and she'll, she'll look at him and, and kind of wink at him and he'll just be like, yeah. <laughs> you know, as he goes, I was like, yeah. Woo. Woo. It's just so goofy. <laughs> and, and he just, the sight of him is something to behold. Yeah. Uh, hipster isn't even the fucking word for it, but it's pretty <laughs> close. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, would you classify him as a hipster? Uh, if it was today, probably. If it was he's like got, if this was a modern day movie, then probably. He's got these fucking striped. I mean, these big 
big stripes pants uh, that are that are bell bottoms, but they're floods, and so <laughs> they don't need they're so tight. And then and then uh, and then these these like platform fucking shoes that they're not like kiss platform shoes, but they're just like they're platforms. And his hair, he looks like uh, there Almost was a, like the Pee Wee Herman shoes. Yeah, the Pee Wee Herman shoes. But there, there was a there was a female comedian, and uh, she got like accused of child molestation or something. Paula Poundstone, do you remember her? Yeah, that's who he looks like. <laughs> the, the glasses, the hair, and everything, and the way and kind of the way he talks too. So I, I don't know if he like mimicked her or what. But so he, she tells him, you know, you, you know, if. I'll give you your mouse. It's <laughs> fucking stupid. <The> squeaky <laughs> squeak, fucking mouse. Squeak. Squeak. Yeah. So he goes and he's just walking around trying to find a friend. And it's like a, a convergence. Uh, it's fate because uh, Ed needs to find uh, somebody up for his sign second. somebody up. And Ruben yeah. needs to find a friend. And so he says, well, you know, if you come over to my house, then um, – I meet my mom. I'll go to this thing, and they go over there, and and it's uh, that just shows you how fucking stupid Ed is because this guy, first of all, looks like a total idiot, and uh, I mean I don't know. I mean I'm sorry, but he looks like a total fucking idiot, and uh, he acts like a fucking total idiot, and he goes to this guy's house, didn't even know him, and goes in, and it was weird how the house was set up. Well, it was, the, it was, it was just, like the main. I think that was just the main like room in the like it's the because she has to stay there as the manager. So it's, it's like the lobby or something because it was just yeah. like this room, the couch <laughs> at the end. I, I yeah, it looked it looked completely fake. I I I, I liked that about it. The, you know, this really long room, the the window behind him casting the long light across the floor, and he's sitting there with his mouse on the table. Which I guess he just swiped it back. I don't know because his mom wasn't really in. Oh the movie my god, the rest it's of just like Prometheus. <laughs> I don't know how you can fucking even watch Plot it. Plot hole. Fuck this movie. It's so stupid. So anyway, his mom's not there, and he says, "Well, you know, we'll hang out here until she gets here." And, and uh, Ed's just kind of, even though he's kind of a loser, and he's got his issues with like like anger, and he's he's just kind of like I said, just basically a a, a, a loser. Um, he starts to see that even though he's a loser, Glover is beyond belief as far as how weird he is. He's just <laughs> goofy. He's weird, and he doesn't. Re- he acts reacts strangely to things like um, he gets pissed off. And the, well, the one point there's there's a kid in the neighborhood that like picks on him. That, that was kind of. I mean, that one part was kind of sad. If that actually happened. Oh yeah, the the one by the stop sign. No, with the cat in the pool. Oh 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 yeah oh yeah. I was like, I'd have killed that motherfucker if he had done that. Yeah, I don't know if that was re- I don't know if that was actually happening. Or if he or was not. just thinking that. But anyway, he he has like a, a sort of a Jedi like karate ability of uh, when he gets pissed off, he channels his uh, inner chi, <laughs> his inner hipster nerdness, and he. Uh, it gets this weird look on his face, and he kind of goes into a karate position, and then kicks his leg out like he's kicking, and his shoe comes flying off, and the shoe is like a missile, and like it, it, it hits you in the head or something, it probably kill you. <laughs> I think that's what he was trying to do to David Letterman. Anyway, um, so he's got this cat. Okay, and the cat is his best, pretty much, probably his best for and only friend. Mm-hmm. And um, 
he convinces um, Ed that they need to uh, – his cat is dead. And his cat, um, Ed, goes to get a drink of water and wants to get some ice. And when he opens the freezer, there's this goddamn dead frozen cat sitting on top of the ice. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck is this, you know? <laughs> and it's stiff as a goddamn fucking board. And so then uh, Ruben explains to him that uh, that's his cat and his cat died. Why don't you keep your hands off other people's refrigerators? Keep your hands off my cat. And just Glover's line delivered. Get I mean, just your the way he damn talks. hands off her. <laughs> <laughs> Biff. <laughs> He's just fucking just a mess. I mean, this guy, I, I don't know. I mean, I know Bruce Glover was his dad and his, and his, uh, Bruce Glover was in a lot of fucking movies. Um, but I don't know how, um, <laughs> you know, when you think about parents and how, whatever they did and how they raised someone is how the kid turns out. Mm-hmm. This guy, is now, but I, you know, you never know. It would be amazing if you found out that that he was actually just, you know, relatively normal. But I don't think he is, because uh, I read some interviews with him, and he has like a coffin in his house and shit like that. Anyway, um, the cat. They decide. He says, "I'll go to this. Set, the, I'll go." What with the association? He keeps talking. Ed keeps talking about the association. Like they're, they, here's these fucking low budget assholes doing these seminars. And to Ed, you would think that they were like the goddamn, you know, greatest thing in the world. You know, I, I belong to the association, and uh, the association gave me this card. And the association is going to be disappointed if I don't get back or whatever. And uh, so Ruben, in in some senses, is just like looking at him. Is like, dude, you're fucking just. Stupid. <laughs> and then, anyway, um, he talks Ruben into. Um, he says, "You need to bury this cat." So they they put the cat on ice in this big cooler, and he says, "Because all Ed cares about is getting him to come to this uh, the association seminar." Mm-hmm. And so um, he says, "Well, if if we if I help you." Find a place, a special place to bury your cat. Then will you go to the seminar? And and uh, Ruben's kind of it, it's like okay, well I guess you know he doesn't want to, but it, he just kind of I think in the uh, well like you said the plot hole about the mouse, so oh, it God, doesn't really matter awful. about him having a friend. Um, so anyway, um, they get in the car, which is an old um, like nineteen, I think like late seventies, maybe. Or, early 80s uh, Thunderbird because my grandpa had one and he had a diabetic blackout and ran into the end of the bridge and totaled it. Uh, (laughs) He didn't get killed or anything. He didn't get hurt because he was like completely fucking oblivious oblivious for the podcast without honoring humanity people. Oh, But anyway, um, so they get in the car and they start driving and this dumb fuck, I swear to God, he's like, <laughs> this, no, it's not good enough. You know, they go out into the goddamn desert in the car and, <laughs> and, um, eventually they, they, uh, they don't wreck the car. The car just stops running and they're out in the middle of the goddamn desert and he's, Ed's trying to get Ruben to bury this fucking cat. And, um, 
every place they stop, you know, Ruben's like, no, this isn't it. This isn't good enough. I need a special place. And it's just, it just goes on like that. And there's some shit in there that it's, it's like I said, it's so zany. Yeah. Like, like, there, there's like several, a, a Glover ugh. drinking, drinking the, <laughs> the fucking Dr. Scholl's insole soaked in his foot sweat. Oh, and then, and then at one point he, the, 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 the ice <laughs> in the cooler melts. So then there's this dead cat that is just, that that's just laying in this thing of water in this cooler and Crispin Glover starts <laughs> drinking the goddamn water out of that and Ed just looks at him he's like oh and when he drank that fucking sweat out of the fucking shoe <laughs> so gross I was about ready to gag dumb fuck <laughs> so anyway <laughs> you'll see um eh. That cat's colder than a well digger's ass. Uh, yeah, some of his lines are great. Like he's, uh, I like. It. He says, uh, "Oh, Karen Black says one good to him earlier. He says you're paid in life for doing what you don't want to do, which is pretty funny." But um, he says, "If you start to dress for success, you will score with the babes and make the big bucks." <laughs> yeah, it's just like he's just regurgitating this shit. And uh, never talk about art, religion, or politics. No wonder you don't have any friends. Um, well. I'm- now, did Ed Ed kind of did you notice that he sort of had like a kind of a country accent at times? Yeah, well, I, I, that I, that might be Hasman's normal accent. Maybe I don't know. He didn't seem like he was Johnny Fever. How'd you like? But, a, uh, how'd you like a kick right in the taco, Buster? <laughs> in the taco. <laughs> <laughs> but they they they're they're out there in the desert, and um, maybe he was talking to Karen Black when he said that. Uh, She's well. She she was married to Ed, so she knew that you know. I think she kind of knew he was a loser, so she dumped him. And then he calls her all the time because he's like obsessing about her, Mm -hmm. thinking that they're going to get back together. And he's trying to impress her by saying, you know, I'm doing this. I'm I'm selling real estate. I'm doing this net. And the entire time, she when she's talking to him, she's like explaining to him, you know you need to do this or basically telling him that he is a loser, why he's a loser and and why he needs to change. And he's never going to be any different if he doesn't, whatever. It's like, she's sort of trying to help him, but she's really putting him down. And, you know, cause all he wants to, he doesn't want to hear any of that shit. He just wants to get back together with her. And so they're out in the desert and, uh, they, they kind of argue and, and, I mean, Ed never shuts the fuck up because he just seems like he just uh, is continually talking. And Glover is more closed up and he doesn't talk as much, but Ed provokes shit out of him. Um, And they go go walking from the car and get lost several times. And then finally they, um, you know, they're looking, they're talking about this, you know, finding this one town and, you know, Ed, Ed says, well, I'm, I'm going this way. It's over this way. And Glover's like, no, it's right over this hill. And you're going to be sorry. It's over there. And he finds they find this cave um, that has like hieroglyphics, which is, is sort of uh, – that's another Prometheus kind of a thing. Um, maybe that's the Echo people. Were the instead of engineers, they were the Echo people. So there's a lot of a lot of tie-ins with Prometheus to this. Um, I know, and fucking Trent Harris, hick, he doesn't even try to explain who the Echo people are. God, what <laughs> bullshit! They, they get separated uh, by choice, 
And Ed, of course, is right because Crispin Glover is a fucking idiot. And <laughs> he, I, I did like in the cave when Hesman rings out the soggy cat. He like, picks it up, like, twists oh, it. Man, to, cat had the, can you imagine that? <laughs> I don't think it would stink so bad because it was frozen. But who knows? That stupid fuck probably had it out and slept with it and shit until it got started rotting. What did you make of the Andy Warhol sucks a fat one spray painting that kept going on? Well, it was... I didn't know what to make of that. Yeah, that, that, I, was, I thought that was going to have a payoff, and it never did. It was just kind of a, a weird, random thing stuck in there. First, they end up in a they, they end up in an old trailer in the middle of the desert, and then somebody has spray painted Andy Warhol sucks a fat one on the a window inside the thing, and that's what gets their... They start talking about art and, you know... Well, it was and, funny because uh, Glover ended up going in the trailer first and then Hesman shows up and walks in the trailer and Glover's just in there laughing his ass off and pointing <laughs> at that at this big red uh, spray paint thing that says Andy Warhol sucks, you know, what does it say? Andy Warhol sucks a, a fat one or a big one. Sucks a fat one, a big one. And uh, <laughs> uh, he's just like, ha, 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 like hysterically. It's like, what the fuck? And then they so, end up back at the car and it's on the fucking hood of the car. Yeah. <laughs> but the the Hessman gets back to the car and he just lays down in the seat and he sees that this wire came undone which is convenient you know it's just hanging out of the underneath the dashboard so he he hooks it back up starts the car up takes off but then he kind of he you know he has a kind of a moment of you know okay uh he was ready to just take off and leave this jackass out there in the desert but when you thought it when you think about it i mean it was like a life or death thing i mean he the guy could die out there even if he is an idiot and um now one thing i thought was going to happen was that he stopped at this gas station and pretty much the gas station guy gave him a crisis of conscious uh conscience when he said you know well where's the other guy at and he goes oh he's out there and he goes you mean he's out there in the, in the desert you know oh, he could die out there and <laughs> was the, the, yeah they, they, him and his wife arguing about their, which direction the radiation is which direction yeah, yeah. the snake flats are and <laughs> but I thought that I thought that how it was going to play out was they were going to go back uh, he was going to go get Ruben and they were going to go back to the gas station and the chick in the poster was going to be the guy's wife or whatever at the gas station because she kind of was she wasn't bad looking i mean i couldn't really tell that much but there was one part that was just fucking hilarious uh because when ed gets in the car and takes off well reuben is still stuck out there in the fucking cave because he can't find his way he he he, he puts a he finds a hubcap which put and he puts <laughs> it on top of his fucking head like a hat to keep the sun off of him but i mean even that, I'm like, God, that thing would be so hot. But he had this big bush of hair. So anyway, he goes back to the cave, and he's like starting to get heat stroke and delirious. And that was pretty funny because he starts hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fuck it, That's the the screenshot I posted of him waving to the chicks riding by in the speedboat, and he's got his fucking the biggest platform shoes you've ever seen. Yeah, they're like like four feet. The, the 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 heels are like about four feet long, and he's in an inner tube on a lake, and this boat is going around, and you see this boat, and he's like waving, hey, hey. and the thing that's funny is you, the 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 hot chick from the calendar that he always looks at is the one driving the boat, but the goddamn cat. There's somebody water skiing, and you look at it, it's the cat water skiing. That cat 
was some of the cheapest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, do you remember Toonsa's The Driving Cat on yeah, Saturday Night Live? Yeah, it's about that level of, of special effects. But it didn't. It didn't even just like hang on to the thing and water ski. It was doing tricks. It would <laughs> hold the thing that you hold with your hands while you're water skiing. It would put it in its mouth and hold its hands up and shit. And he goes, "My cat can eat a whole watermelon." And I, I, <laughs> and I laughed when he said that to Hesman later. And Hesman gets angry. And goes, "Oh, horseshit!" <laughs> My cat can eat a whole. I wonder though. Do you think his cat could have did eat at one time a whole watermelon? Oh, my dog won't, wouldn't even touch watermelon. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the attraction would be if it doesn't smell like cooch. A cat probably won't eat it. <laughs> anyway, so Hesman goes back and gets him, and uh, or finds him, and then they get like they get lost again because I guess it's easy to get turned around out there in the desert in the desert, and. Um, <sighs> God damn! What the hell happened after that? Well, they, they, I mean, they, it gets into the the lat, latter well, like quarter of the movie at that point where they're, you know, they have wrapping a, things up. Kind of a small run-in with Karen Black, and it's really just the the whole movie is really just kind of like a zany adventure, and um, it's it's a cross between zany and just fucking Glover is just so weird. But he's not so. Uh, there were several times. I don't know. He just is just strange, and it, it's just it's it's. But it's done in in a pretty funny way. It's not like uh, you're sitting there being creeped. Oh, I was kind of creeped out by him, mate. <laughs> Talk about El Weirdo. You take the cake, Buster. He did take the cake. Um, I was. I would. I, I. I. Even though Ed was a fucking total um, uh, loser and a and and a goofball in his own way. If I had to choose which one of them I'd hang out, it would be neither <laughs> one. But I think I would. I don't know, man. That fucking. I bet you he stunk. <laughs> the um. I don't have a. I don't have a ton to add. This is a. This this film would be tough to make today. It has a very '90s feel to it. it granted, it's 1991, but if you've ever seen like. And I guess you can compare the two a little bit. The movie Problem Child, they have a similar kind of feel to them where they're almost like unrealistically, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Like they're they're over the top and they're like technicolored like looking. You know, they they're they just they don't feel like of reality. Um this one's going to speak to some people and other people are going to see this movie and be like, what the fuck? Because it almost lost me right at the beginning. You know, the jokes were not landing. And if if it wasn't for the fact that it is so bizarre, I wouldn't, I, I would hate this movie. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, some of it is so bizarre that it makes it humorous. Um, usually when they tell a joke, it's not all that funny. Um, but I do. I did laugh at the. You know, I do laugh at the line delivery, and I kind of wonder how much. You know, how far of a stretch it was for Glover to act. Like he was. I don't think it was probably that much at all. But then again, like I said, he he just. I don't know. He maybe he's just a genius. He's he's very like Andy Kaufman ish. Yeah, yeah. You know he is, uh, and I mean I've seen him. Art. I've seen him act a lot less like over the top than this. I mean, you know, uh, the movies that he makes these days, like the straight to video stuff, like uh, Willard, I watched recently and he's very low key in that one. So, yeah, um, uh, we can get into our ratings. I don't have a lot to add on. Oh my God. Um, this isn't for everybody. It's, um, 
it's I did not I it's hard to express. I mean, I wasn't sitting there like this is a total fucking this isn't uh what was it? Uh New Gladiator or not New New Gladiators the one yeah New Gladiators. One. Um it was better than that. <laughs> uh let's see. Would I watch it again? Probably no. Um but it wasn't like a totally horrible, unenjoyable experience. Uh, for what it was, five point five. I'm 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 almost right there with you. I I, I give this a five point seven five. It's 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 better than average because of the zaniness. Yeah. These these sorts of comedies are often lost on me. I'll just not even bother. Um, and so a five point seven five for a movie like this is pretty generous for me. Um, it's it's not creepy enough to be entertaining otherwise. So <coughs> I mean, it's, it's definitely definitely a comedy, and it's got some memorable stuff in it. The cat eating the whole watermelon is, I mean that that <laughs> kind of line right there is a, a recipe for a cult following. And this is I would assume a, a very a big has probably a big cult following somewhere. Uh, um, I wonder if that was a written. I mean, I wonder if Glover just came up with that, or if. Uh, my cat that was in the can script. eat a whole watermelon. He was like proud of it because my cat can eat a whole watermelon. Oh, horseshit. <laughs> uh, but I give it a 5.75. I enjoyed it. Um, again, I don't know if I'll revisit it either. It's, uh, do you think it would be better if you smoke weed and watch it? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things are, though. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> let's take a break. And uh, come back and review quite a different film, uh, River's Edge. We'll be right back. Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer, Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. But I've made one great friend... A boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word in the iTunes store. Women are sweet and girls are honey, but beat your meat and save your money. <laughs> These slick pages of their magazine are accompanied by their Vaseline. The lubrication is for masturbation. It's high time for a celebration. Gail! <laughs> God. I'm feeling proud of my slab of meat. I get into the groove, I feel the beat I'm up against the porcelain of the sink Things are getting funny, I start to blink Mama, can't you say you asleep? I freeze, I don't know, a single peep I'm an all-toe manipulator I'll play with myself, I'm a cool operator Okay, our next film is uh, <laughs> Metallica would remake that. I hope so. Uh, River's Edge from 1986. Yeah, yeah, masturbator. Yeah. 
Uh, Zom, I'll let you introduce River's Edge. Okay. I will introduce River's Edge. Okay. A high school slacker kills his girlfriend and shows off her dead body to their friends. However, the friend's reaction is almost as as ambiguous, ambiguous, (laughs) ambiguous, and perplexing as the crime itself. It's almost as as ambiguous as... Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is. (laughs) This is, like I said, quite a different film. This is... um, is this our first Keanu Reeves movie? This is our first Keanu Reeves movie. This yes. is our second Crispin Glover movie, <laughs> and our and our first Keanu Reeves movie. Our also what was our, the other Crispin Glover movie we did? Uh, I think it was called I don't know. It's two guys' names. I can't remember. Oh, Ruben and Ed. Brock um, Bertha. <laughs> um, I feel like he was probably in something else we've talked about. Um, this also has Dennis Hopper, um, Ioni, Iona. I, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Iona, Iona Sky. Sky. She was who was very cute in this movie, and Keanu yeah. Reeves, and um, uh, also coming back full force onto Silver <laughs> Gold, Daniel Roebuck. Uh, he played the mohawked fat ass on in that fucking punk rock western bullshit we reviewed. What was that movie called? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, S- something Boys or Cryer was in it. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't called Boys. It didn't have the word boys in it. I don't think so. Yeah, I'll look it up. too hard to look up if you just click on Daniel Robach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was pretty in pink. That was what it was. Jesus Christ, that motherfucker's been in a lot of shit. Yes, he has. Dudes is what it was Holy called. Cow, dudes. What a fucking piece of shit that was. <laughs> uh, I'm glad um, he kept going. You know, dudes was after River's Edge. I thought it was before it. Wow. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Do he looked? I don't know. I guess he was first. Um, so Roebuck plays the the killer John Tollett. They call him John because Tollett sounds like toilet, which which is funny because when I was looking at his name, I was like, that kind of looks like toilet. And they actually make the gag later in the movie. He's like, we call him John because his name's Tollett, toilet, John. (laughs) And the adults like, yeah, looking at him like you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) Um. This is directed by Tim Hunter. Um, I don't think I've seen any other Tim Hunter. Maybe I have now that I look through. He's done a he lot of fucking He used to play for TV. the Edmonton Oilers. Did he was really? Dale Hunter's brother. Paint It Black that I've never seen. Uh, Tex, which I hear is pretty good. I mean, he did the episodes of Erie, Indiana. He's done a lot of TV stuff. Um, my voice is getting really bad sounding. <clears throat> um, Era... So what this film is is less like a plot-driven movie. It really only takes place over... Well, I guess that's kind of the last movie, too. It only takes place over a couple days. Um, but it's kind of based on reality. Um, it's, it's, it's inspired by a, um, a similar murder that happened in Northern California. I think Northern California in the early 80s. Yeah, where the kid, the the kid, like a high school student, kills another high school student, and then shows her body off to his friends at school who don't. They were afraid of getting in trouble, so they never went. It took days for them to go to the uh, to the law. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so you got these kids, and really, this is one of these movies that you're going to watch, and hardly anyone has any redeeming values in it. It's 
Except not, FAC. Except <laughs> FAC. is in that isn't that bizarre? Like the 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 fucking insane man who has killed somebody and dances with a mannequin is really the one you feel the sorry for feel sorry for in the whole movie. Fuck. 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 Um, <laughs> it's the door. And let me tell you, the the person that might have gotten on my nerves the most is fucking Joshua John Miller. The, the he played the kid in Near Dark. Uh, he played the kid in this movie too. And I what, thought, the honest to God, when I was watching this, I thought they got a girl to play a little boy. I th- I thought it was a girl at first because I did too. The, it's a it's a fantastic opening to the movie. It has it has Joshua John Miller, which who I didn't recognize immediately from Near Dark, which I've seen fairly recently, I guess, within the last year. Um, but he's got an earring. He's probably only twelve, and his hair is just kind of you know it's re- big and curly. And he's sitting in front of this titular river with this old doll, and um, he drops it in the water, and then he hears a guy howling. But it's really well shot. I love the fog and stuff, and it's uh, it, it's one of those beginnings. It's 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 vague enough, ambiguous enough to keep you, you know, it pulls you straight into the movie because um, you want to know what's going on with both of these people. Um, the guy howling was John Tollett. Um, Samson. What a name, Samson. Have you ever known a Samson? Samson Toll. Yeah, well, uh, Victor Mature. Victor, I don't know who that is. He played Samson. And he mm-hmm. cut his hair off. Oh, oh, oh. And he pulled the pillars <laughs> down. When I was I mean, kidding. You, um, and, um, so, as I was saying, this movie ends up being less about a, a plot and more about <laughs> these certain, what was that? These certain, uh, teens various reactions to finding out that their friend has murdered and it's it's a complete like you you have and and everybody all all these different facets are represented um you kind of get on keanu reeves character's side a few times because he's you know he's he's from a very troubled house it's kind of a single mom with this loser boyfriend that lives there um he's obviously you know 18 19 whatever and his um, I guess he's uh, 18 or 17 because he's still in high school. But, um, or is he? Do you ever actually see him in school? You see Ioni Sky in school. No. Well, the re- the the real life got killer was 16 and the girl was 14. Okay. So uh, Roebuck looks yeah. a little old. He's also supposed to be 18. I guess they're all supposed to be seniors in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Keanu has got a 12 year old brother. Play, you know, who I mentioned, Tim, and then uh, he's got a very, very young sister, who he kind of like always takes under his wing, and and uh, Tim is always picking on his little sister, and Keanu Reeves' character is constantly defending her, and uh, sometimes violently against him being. De- and it, there's no real explanation why he does it outside of just he's an asshole, you know. <laughs> he just likes to fucking make his sister sad. He's a bully. He is, and well, but, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because um, of the what's well, the know. the home situation. I'm yeah, sure yeah. It has something to do with it. it Lashing really, out or something. It really fucking got on my nerves after he got a bloody nose and didn't wipe his nose. The, la- the yeah, flat, yeah, like you know. After a while, you'd fucking either fucking like maybe just, even after it dried, pick the pick the crust off blood. or something. Yeah. Good God, um, he's probably upset because he looked like a girl and he's trying to look cool. And to look no matter how cool he tried to look, he looked more like Roseanne Barr. Well, he's one of those guys, kind of like the kid from uh, Harold and Maude, who looked, he still looks young, like like a weird, like young mm-hmm. and, a, and older, you know, he's older, but in a young person's body, so. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> Glover has a pretty wild mullet in this movie. He doesn't have the long hair <laughs> like he has in Reuben and Ed, but it's just, I mean, it's short and long in the back. It's pretty, pretty great. And, um, Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, uh, he's got a Ricky, uh, Ricky Morton, definite Ricky Morton mullet. No, Robert Gibson's was a little shorter. Um, I'm looking up. He always he also ca- carried a uh, a red handkerchief in the back. Oh yeah, pocket. yeah. You were thinking cruising, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, what's so that, that mean? So red is fisting, and the right hand pocket uh, means he likes to take the fist. So yes, there you go. He's too skinny to take a fist. <laughs> He'd crack his crack his pelvis. Um, uh, and you you almost get on Ioni Skies a few uh, side a few times too, as she's kind of like more normal. Well, yeah, she you know she obviously has the hots for this teacher who used to be maybe a hippie, some kind of activist back in the sixties. Um, this is something that's really cool about eighties movies to me, and I noticed it in. Um, in uh, Savage Streets too, and that the gang get, drives around this '50s car, and I'm like, oh, that would be amazing now. But it's like back then, it was like you know, that's like driving around an '80s car now. <laughs> so, uh. um, but this guy, you know, back in the late '60s, you know, he he would obviously be a teacher now. You know, anybody that was a an activist, a '60s activist now, you know, they'd be elderly. So, but it's funny though when you watch it and you watch his interaction with the kids, that the total disconnect because. If he was saying the stuff he was saying in the classroom to kids in the 60s, they'd be like, yeah, right on, yeah. right on. But he just sounds like a douche saying this shit to these kids. I mean, first of all, he, he's, he's, he's an, an old, older guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's not a kid anymore. And he said, yeah, we need to do this. We need to do that. And they're like, what? It's just like, it's just, it's, it's a, the, the, um, like just showing how kids are, no matter what, you're, when your parents are talking to you, you know, at one time, your parents were young, idealistic, had an imagination, and were were. Yeah, uh, very, I don't know about my dad. Well, I mean, but you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, they had you had the youth thing, but parents, there's no way you're going to relate to a kid like that. They're always going to look at you like you're an adult, you're a mm-hmm, douche, mm-hmm. and you're stupid. So, I mean, and that's the way these kids are. And then in the classroom, the, the, some of the kids are talking to the teacher and they're like, you know, fuck you. What the fuck? You know, duh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I don't remember talking to any of my teachers. <laughs> that's, that's something else I liked about Savage Streets, too. All the teachers would just would use profanity and stuff. I love the fucking Dean Wormer guy yeah. <laughs> saying, like, you're a you're a sassy little bitch, aren't you? you know? <laughs> well, did you see that? The, the, did you notice the teacher's pants? In this movie? No. Yeah. He had like those, uh, they're like pleated pants, mm-hmm. and they're these 80s pants pleated, and they, they didn't have a belt. They didn't even have like a a button at the top and a zipper. It looked like they, they had like these two buckles or something <laughs> on the sides, on the hips, and that you pulled them on and then just hooked those. They're like they le- so leisure suit pants. Stupid. Oh, they look stupid as hell. They look like a, almost like he had a, uh, what do they call it, a comer bun that you wore a with a tuxedo. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, uh, that was part of the pants. <laughs> so so with her character, she's obviously enamored with this teacher. Um, she just sits in the back of the classroom making googly eyes like, ah. 
And you think, yeah, you think she's going to be pretty normal too, but by the end of the movie, she's just fucking like, you know, she's the same way. And it's just like in action, it's um, just anger with these, all the kids are angry and maybe it's a sign. Well, all she wanted to do, even like uh, at one point she kind of hooks up with one of the, one of the people and you think, okay, this is, this is kind of cool. They they actually do have some emotion and feeling they're having a moment between, you know, two people. They they go to a park and they, you know, I guess make love, <laughs> whatever. And uh, you th- you're thinking that, and and then the the guy's like, you know, well, what are we gonna do now? Like he's thinking being romantic and stuff, and she's just like, all she wants to do is go get high. <laughs> or she's worried she's late for school because she wants yeah. to go see the teacher too. Um. <laughs> There's, I mean, or what a you know, like a high school bitch. Yeah, I mean, there's fucking you can and that what's you know what's telling in that is like they there's gunshots going on. They can hear gunshots and they're just and they fucking, don't even yeah. they just like said and they don't really even uh, affect them. Um, I love all the grunge clothes and this predates grunge the grunge movement a little bit, but I love I mean it makes it look like fucking you know the Pacific Northwest, but um, everybody's wearing flannel shirts and torn jeans and boots and. And uh, fucking Glover with his, he always he keeps the hat on, and his performance is pretty phenomenal. In the, phenomenal in this, they they cast it well. I'll just say that because oh, yeah. he, I don't know if he was really popping speed or just acting that way, but he's very twitchy and yeah. very nervous, and he's kind of like, which is surprising because he doesn't typically play this type of character. But and I guess maybe it's because it's pretty early on in his career, but he. Um, He's playing essentially the leader of the group, and and that maybe that's because he's the only one trying to do anything. But everybody else is just like, meh, meh, you know. Yeah, I and, think it's just like he he has a, 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 a weird sense of self importance, mm-hmm. and so he try he's the only one that gets them to do anything. It's not because he can kick anybody's ass or anything like that, or he has any power. Right. He's just like, let's do this. Or come on, come on, and they're like. Okay, you know, fucking Lane keeps saying this shit, so let's do it. So shut up or whatever. Because even um, Samson or John or whatever his name was, in the end, he's like, you know, eh, Lane. Because Hopper said something about Lane being your friend, and he goes, base, you know, that Lane was a a doofus or a douche. Yeah. Um, The uh, he he drives a pretty fantastic like post-apocalypse looking bug. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty cool. I did like that. It had it had like custom headlights in the front that were like close together, and and the, the big uh, exhaust thing that sticks giant out. Tailpipe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just makes it sound like a bike. That was pretty awesome. Um, and uh, one one performance I noticed w- w- might get overlooked was uh, the the girl that's actually murdered Jamie. Yeah. She, they show her a lot laying there butt naked in the grass with these horrible, like cloudy ta- uh, contacts in her eyes. Yeah, she um, didn't do much after that. She didn't. But she she didn't do anything. She was in two things ever, <laughs> and the other one it was just a a bit role, like it didn't even have a a name. Her name's Dan Yee or Danny Dietz, but uh, I mean, she had to be dead 
a lot and she did good i mean i i, I was impressed i was like i was looking for her stomach to be breathing because it would have ruined the movie if i saw right. her stomach move and well uh, one thing that did ruin it for me and this is like a prometheus moment uh you know after a while i mean my god i mean she would have had rigor mortis. she would have got <laughs> stiff and they were just, poking her with a stick and i mean she was just like all jiggly and stuff that's so fucking i mean it's like uh, just took me totally out of it because yeah. you know if it was real she would be stiff you know after a while it's just ridiculous it is so stupid uh, that was my Prometheus moment for the day. Fuck you, Tim Hunter. Um, the uh, is that bad, James? <laughs> bad James. <laughs> <laughs> Our code name for bad James is Tim Hunter. I got a good. I got a line for uh, when Ioni Sky says uh, she cried for the guy in Brian's song. You think I'd cry for someone we knew? Yeah. Um, no, and there's a, and that, that's a reflective of a representative of a few moments in this where I felt like. And this probably these things probably take this down from a great movie for me, um, but I felt like some of the things in it got a little obvious by the end. Um, I love the way that all of these people are represented. Um, it doesn't really take sides; it just shows this like dirty picture of how their life is at that moment. And you know, you you're left you are left as the viewer to you know figure out your own feelings about each character. If you like them, if you don't, if you, you know, understand, you know, you got the two that are more interested about being on TV because they're on the news yeah. and, and you got John who, and I, 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 I'll talk about that in a minute, but I loved the, I loved John and Feck's relationship. But, um, but at other times you have, you know, people just saying things that make it a little obvious like it's like it, it you kind of get beaten over the head and the teacher does it too. You know, he even yells, he gets upset at the class. He's like he's like you don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay." And they didn't. They didn't, but we already knew that and we didn't have to keep being told by the characters and the people around them, you know. Um but to touch on the the Feck and uh John relationship. Um it is local local lore and maybe from his mouth alone but that feck had killed a woman at some time in his life and he's a shut-in and people all the kids know or at least in this circle of friends that they can go to feck's house and he gives them pot and stuff and he gets pot from everywhere his sister sends it to him i think he said from somewhere and he just he hasn't left his house in like 10 years or something uh-huh. it's this old dilapidated house um and um he has his love doll and his yeah fake yeah leg. and they'll watch the, he has he has a it's a it's a great character. Um, he 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 always answers the door with a big fucking silver revolver. Um, <laughs> right in your face. <laughs> and uh, he you know they look through the windows and see him dancing with his mannequin Ellie. I think they called it. Yeah. And um, you know Glover Glover's role in the movie is not to turn his friend in but to protect him. And so he's trying to help John hide and stuff. And they you know Feck and John end up. To hiding out together in a way, but yeah, his thing is, is, is um, she's dead. Nothing's ever going to bring her back. So mm-hmm. why should why why ruin John's life? Yeah, you know, and not taking into account that John is a fucking obviously a goddamn <laughs> lunatic, right? And no, well, and nobody realizes that. I mean, he takes these people out there to look at bodies, and they're just like, "Eh, we got to get back. It's getting late," and uh, you know. That I think that was when Keanu Reeves was freaking out and about like what do we what the fuck you know and then the other guy's like I gotta get back to work and they're just leave her there again and um, 
but I love the the contrast between the two and and Hopper's really good here in the little little the the I guess the last third of the movie but you know when when they start talking about I guess comparing their killings and you know it's 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 a sign of a different time you know and uh, Feck con- you know constantly says I loved her, man. That's what that that makes it well, different. Well, yeah, I think his was his was like a crime of passion. Yeah, and you know, where, maybe he caught his the you know some woman that he was in love with. Maybe he caught her cheating on him or something like that or whatever. But it was because he he because he loved her so much. And it, like I said, crime of passion. He and he regretted it. I mean, you could tell that he even though I mean he would tell the kids you know I killed killed a woman one time or I killed a person one time or something like that mm-hmm. um but uh, you know by himself he you know he he regretted it uh, and uh because he just wanted to be with her or he loved her or whatever where this other guy is like a a psychopath or a sociopath he has no feeling right. other than he got off on he, I, you know he feeling got off die. on feeling her die or seeing the look in her eyes and shit like that and I think that's the I think that's a comment on you know and that's that's what obviously uh, um, Tim Hunter pulled from or I guess Neil Jimenez wrote it's like the, the new script. generation is just numb yeah he that's what he pulled from that early '80s story with the kid showing the dead body to his friends that you know that this current I guess Generation X they're just like yeah like like just kind of like like fuck everything like it's just about me and we're just gonna fuck around and. You know, none, none. If it's not about me at the moment, it's not important. So, um, well, I, I'm I'm curious to hear what you heard. This was the first time I'd seen this, and I know you'd seen it before and didn't really love it the first time. So, well, I think that the the, the um, like I had said before to you off air. You know, I was a big uh, Dennis Hopper fan uh, through like high school. Um, you know, went out and saw Easy Rider and mm-hmm. the last movie, Mad Dog Morgan, uh, American Friend, all these, all these movies uh, in his. Um, and I think one of the main reasons was his resurgence, which is at the, around this time. Uh, it started with um, um, King of the Mountain, Blue- the one we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that, he was still pretty nuts at that time. But like uh, with Blue Velvet and mm-hmm. uh, uh, this one. Blue Velvet, Paris Trout. Did he play a uh, saxophone in Blue Velvet? No. I feel like I've seen Hopper. He drank with a, sax- a plot, Paps Blue Ribbon. I feel like I've seen sa- him with a saxophone in another movie besides this one. Uh, I don't know. But you know, he was having this big career resurgence. So then I went and tried to find everything that he had done, mm-hmm. and um, so uh, just him being in this is what the the only thing that drew me to it. Uh, and then when I watched it. You know, I I liked. I remember liking his part because, but I mean, now that I look back on it, even though it was good, it was pretty standard for Hopper mm-hmm. uh, playing the kind of either drugged out, or drugged out, or drunk, or whatever crazy, um, um, uh, injured uh, or broken person. Um, but it's still good. Uh, but the, I think I remember uh, the one thing that I didn't like about it was it would just seem like it was just like you said, there wasn't one character in it that was had any. Well, I wouldn't say redeeming value because I think Keanu Reeves did. First yeah. of all, he's the one. I don't know if you give it away. Is it giving anything away that he? Um, 
Yeah, we'll 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 avoid the plot points. So. Okay, but I mean, he he actually had uh, you know, um, Keanu Reeves' character, even when it was like uh, you know helping out his little sister, mm-hmm. or you know he'd yell at his mom, but then he'd be like, "Mom, you know, calm down, it's okay." You know, you, you know she she kind of freaked out, and she goes, "You're you were all mistakes," and I just want to. She was kind of a hippie too, probably. She still smokes weed and everything, even though she's forty some years old, and she's um, he, you know, he's going to go bum her. You know, you got any weed, mom? <laughs> and uh, so then when she freaks out because she's just really stressed out the one day because everything, you know, they're all fighting and uh-huh. Keanu's fighting with the stepdad or or the whatever the boyfriend and. Um, she freaks out and just starts yelling, you know, you're all mistakes. I just want to get, I just want to take off and, you know, get away from all this. And Keanu Reeves just kind of stops and he's like, mom, chill out. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Just, he, you know, even though they were arguing a minute before he realizes, okay, he, he actually seems like he has some empathy and some, uh, like a, uh, uh, well, you know, empathy and compassion. Whereas some of the other ones, I think that Lane, which is Crispin Glover, his whole deal is more um, he wants to be the leader. He wants yeah, to be important. Yeah. He wants to be somebody that, that they all look up to and shit, which he he really isn't. Like you said, they, they pretty much just follow him just because, just because right, he's right. the only one that has any – even though his ambition is usually stupid and pointless and whatever, that he's the only one that has like any get up and go about anything. Um, but just the fact that that nobody in it was really had anything, you know, really any kind of redeeming value. I was like, these are just a bunch of assholes, and it was really dark and kind of it wasn't what I expected. And um, but this time I liked it more. Mm-hmm. This time I think it's because you know I'm older or whatever, and you yeah. know. Can appreciate, uh, you know, your and your 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 taste change, and I probably had a more of an expectation of it being something else, um, and it didn't live up to it. Kind of like Prometheus, um, and uh, <laughs> um, but I also look at it now, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, and I don't know how anybody else f- would feel because everybody has their own experiences. All those people in the movie, I can. Almost name people that I knew that were exactly like every single person in that fucking movie <laughs> in high school. You know the girls. I mean, because the girls weren't as weren't like, um, uh, like the way they dressed and stuff. Of course, they wore like the '80s clothes with the little boots and the you know kind of tight pants that are mm-hmm. cropped at the bottom or whatever. But um, they 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 weren't like as grungy and uh, stoner kind of. Have that kind of look, yeah. But they were hanging out with those guys, and like the Ione Sky wasn't it, at the beginning. She was Crispin Glover's girlfriend, wasn't she? Uh, uh I don't, I don't remember that. I don't because know. when they were standing at the school, at the one point, he was standing there, and he was like, kind of like uh, had his arm around her, was kind of like feeling her up and shit like that. And then later on, when Keanu Reeves and her hook up. They're like, you know, well, what about Lane, you know, and this and that, and and so I think, so, but it was it's it's more or less the, the 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 kind of suburban girl, 
going, yeah. you know, being attracted to the bad boys, even though the bad boys are really kind of douchey. And when you look back, you're like, God, oh, these guys are. Do-. They might have been able to get some weed and drink some beer and stuff like that, but they were kind of. They were all pretty much kind of really douchey. Um, um, I, I, you know, putting myself in the perspective of it. Um, I thought to myself, okay, what if one of if one of my friends would have said, "Hey, I killed this girl," and blah 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 blah, and, and I could relate to not relate to that. When I was in college, um, I think it was maybe like maybe second or third year. This guy just went missing, and nobody knew what happened to him. And there was all these rumors. He was in a, a fraternity that. Uh, one of the fraternity brother guys killed him, and they covered and they all they all covered it up. Nobody ever found him. I mean, it's still an open case right now. And somebody posted on one of these. They have these things. This topics T O P I X, and if you go to topics, you can put in your zip code, and it has a forum for whatever city you live in. And somebody posted the other day, and this is you know, twenty some years later, somebody posted something about uh, that guy going missing and they said hey so and so and they mentioned just this guy somebody's last name they said why don't you come clean and it said something about an accidental shooting and your friends helping you uh, cover it up Hmm. and I was like fuck man (laughs) but anyway it's sort of like that and I started thinking okay if somebody would have somebody would have told me when I was in high school hey Let's go out here. And they showed me, like one of my friends, and showed me a dead body of a girl that I went to school with. I might not, like right at the time, I would probably have been like, what the fuck did you do? But I mean, when I went back, I would have fucking been like, call the cops. <laughs> you know, this guy's, know, yeah. you know, because first of all, it's a, it's a human being. I, I, my, my commitment to friendship, does, there are some people that their whole thing is like a, Never squeal, never narc, never squeal, no matter what. That's the worst thing you can do. And that only goes so far with me. I don't give a fuck. Maybe on little <laughs> things, like if you get in trouble at school and somebody says something and you're like, okay, does, did they say this? No, he didn't say this. But when it comes to murder or rape, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't give a fuck if you're my best friend in the world. You're a piece of shit, you know. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I don't know. That's just me. I would, I would fucking tell. And because uh, I'm like, and then the guy's a fucking psycho. But um, the I thought, as far as the acting goes, I thought everything was was pretty. Even Keanu Reeves was pretty good. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not much of a stretch for him to play that part. I don't think. No, no. Especially at that age, you know, he was pretty young when was this like was one made. year before Bill and Ted. Yeah, and um, but. I know. I mean, I kind you know know what the the director and the you know the writer and director were going for, and um, I I don't think it's as bleak as what I thought it was, um, because I do think I did see in like one maybe maybe two of the characters uh, some more glimmer, <laughs> uh, yeah, a glimmer. Um, uh, but I think it, it was just, and I don't think it's as much. Um, it almost seemed like just uh, they took one incident, a real life incident, and they said, you know, look at this generation; it's they're totally numb to this yeah. or totally numb to that. They have no empathy or whatever and everything. And I think that's kind of a broad statement um, because if I look back at that time when I was that age. 
And like I said, if through adult eyes, they were probably saying the exact same thing about us. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like when you, when your parents or your teachers or whatever say, you know, I used to walk five miles to school in the snow barefoot, and I liked it. And you kids don't appreciate anything. Your music all sucks. Blah 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 blah. And at the same time, when if it was the '40s or the '50s, and they were listening to Elvis Presley and Chuck Berry and Fats Domino, their parents who listened to uh, Benny Goodman and whatever were probably like, you know, you guys don't appreciate anything. All you want to do is go out and drink beer and drive <laughs> your cars real fast and go to the sock hop. You know, <laughs> fucking so, sock hops. Generational thing. But um, I don't think it was. I'm going to look and see how old the director and the writer were when they did this. Hopper and Glover. Or you know, the, they they steal the show for sure, and for Glover, as young as he is, to to be right up there with Hopper as far as the acting goes, and and that's a divisive thing in this movie because the writer get, the writer was only twenty five when he wrote this. So I mean, you know, and it's it's it, maybe it's like a reverse thing where he's seeing it like um, this is how this is how adults perceive us, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so he, they, they, they amped it up, uh, you know, a, a notch or whatever. But um, a divisive thing in this movie, when I, I go back and with some movies and, and read other people's reactions to them uh-huh. on, uh, you know, reviews on Amazon or IMDb and everything. And there were some people that hated Crispin Glover in this movie and then said he was so annoying, blah, 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 worst character ever, most annoying character ever. But the thing is, that's the character. I mean, who's supposed to be, yeah. It's not Chris. I mean, you know, he was playing that part. Like you said, when he plays uh, McFly or he was in Willard or he was in this movie or that movie, he's not playing the same character every time. Mm. He wasn't playing Ruben in this movie. You yeah. know, so that's the character. And I knew guys like just like him the, in real life. And so I think he did a really good job, especially for as young as he was. But – um do you want to get to the scores? Sure. Um, oh, we have some nunchucks in this, too. <laughs> there, the, there are some nunchucks. That little kid was a piece of shit, too. <laughs> little kid could fucking swing some nunchucks. He could. He was, you know, what was the one movie that we were talking about? Uh, I think it was uh, S&M Hunter. I was listening to uh, Gentleman's Guide, uh, their review of it after I watched it, and they had a nunchuck scene in that, and they said they, they must have just gave the girl a pair of nunchucks and she had never touched them in her life and said, okay. And they'd shoot like a couple seconds here, a couple seconds there. And she didn't know what she was doing. This little <laughs> kid was like Bruce Lee. It was like, and that even reminded me of when I was that age in like fifth or sixth grade, my friend Vaughn got these nunchucks out of the back of a karate magazine. And we'd sit there. And fuck <laughs> <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure I would hurt myself with a pair of nunchucks. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> at times for me this movie was brilliant and at other times like I said it felt a little heavy handed um, that said um, I really really enjoyed it um, I give it a, I give it an 8.5 out of 10 um, <laughs> you know what would have been this movie would have been way better if it would have had some jocks in it <laughs> <laughs> yes actually the jock would have been the one that uh, that killed the girl yeah. we, we had those in uh, it wasn't my high school, but it was uh, uh, the big consolidated school. This guy was like a, a big wrestler on the, uh, or not a not necessarily big. I'm just saying he was a really good uh, right right wrestler, and he 
took uh, his girlfriend like to the drive-in or something and pulled her, and then smashed her, smashed her head in. They said it looked like a fucking rotten pumpkin. They smashed her face in. Uh, what was going on there? But um, oh my gosh, this movie! I, like I said, I liked I liked Hopper a lot. I thought the acting was good. I thought, like you said, it was kind of uh, a little heavy-handed. Mm. I think. Uh, um, Painted with a broad brush. Yeah. Uh, seven point seven five. Awesome. Yeah, I thought it was good. I yeah. I recommend it. Um, oh yeah, definitely go see the or get, go see it. Definitely get this one. Because it's it's weird watching something through, you know. Uh, okay, I was uh, like sophomore in college when this came out. Mm-hmm. Now I'm fucking an old man, so you know it's it's cool to go back. And I hadn't seen it since, so getting that perspective. And like I said, I mean, I'm you know, uh, Keanu Reeves gets a lot of shit. He was pretty good in this. Yeah, he was was definitely. I mean, you know, he got the he got Bill and Tedded to death. So yeah, Bill and Ted. I love that movie. Um, all right, I only Sky. I mean, uh, she was the 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 uh, say anything girl with John Cusack. Yeah, she was cuter in this than say anything. Well, I mean, she was totally different in that one. She mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, just the uh, prim and proper, waspy, you know, girl. Yeah, maybe it was the darker lipstick and the flannel that gets yeah. my, gets my water boiling, if you will, daddy. Reminded me so much of girls I went to high school. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, right. Yeah, me too. It. Love say anything. You know, isn't that weird though? I mean, it, yeah, it's like when we were talking about. Um, Dazed and confused on the uh, thing. That movie took place in like seventy six. Seventy six, and, and I was I I graduated high school in nineteen ninety five, and that movie like reminded me so much of high school. Yeah, it reminded me uh, totally of high school, and I graduated college. Or let's see, you graduated high school in ninety five. Yeah, I graduated high school in eighty four. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We got an 8.5 and a 7.75 for River's Edge. Uh, we'll go. I think we have a little bit of feedback, and we'll wrap things up. We'll be right back. Do you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house. You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. Class to the trash.
<laughs> All right, time for a little feedback. Yay. Are you still there, Zom? Yes, I am. <laughs> I was listening to that wonderful music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chicks love Crispin Glover. At least two of them do, that I know. All right. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, what is Demise? What is demise? Yeah, because we posted, you know, this is for demise, and some and uh, somebody actually sent me an email and said, "What is demise?" Oh, we won't say who it is, but demise is uh, a. She's awesome. She's I explained. A, she's our, a podcast super fan. Yeah, she's and a, she she's a uh, uh, excellent karaoke singer. Yeah. Oh, I love when she calls in and sings for us. Maybe yeah. we'll get a song. Maybe we'll get a song next week after uh, reviewing a couple of Glover movies. So yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say thanks to um, Mike from Entrails from the Skeleton Closet. Um, He sent me this DVD that he compiled. Did you see the clip of it before they pulled it off YouTube? What was it? Um, Basically, hang on, I'm going to grab the the disc. Hang on. Oy vey, let me tell you about the birds and the bees. It's it's called Entrails from the Squared Circle. And basically, he's taken just multiple clips of mostly very, like, humorous or odd wrestling promos and made them into this, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he get pulled for copyright? I think he got pulled off. Uh, I think they pulled it off YouTube. So, but he's. I yeah. got a couple DVDs from him with uh, two versions of it, two volumes, if you will. And it's cool because he's. I thought I was just going to get two discs and a paper sleeve, but he actually gave me a case. Like it looks like a fucking like the zines I used to read from my punk rock friends back in the day. It's like mm-hmm. a, a nice like you know photocopied collage with the the case uh the the slip cover and stuff and then he also sent me a little uh um wcw arn anderson action figure yeah. uh, in the box too and he's got he even has a little bald spot on top of his head well it's not really nice. little it's actually pretty big so it do i like, it looks like a yamaka. so <laughs> it's not that little though um coop rules Woo! Yeah. love coop thanks man nice great guy um, He's a horror hounder. He is. If you go someday, you'll get to meet him. I'll make it someday. Yeah, and his girlfriend. She's I, cool, too. If I can stop using my fucking vacation days from being sick. God damn yeah. it. I need to start. I need to do something different. I, I wash my hands fucking religiously. I don't know. I don't get it. I can't stay So healthy. did Pontius Pilate. <laughs> I don't get that joke. He washed his hands and sealed his fate. All right. <laughs> First voicemail. <laughs> Hi, Silva. Hi, Gold. It's Emily. Hey! I was just listening to the Running Man episode, and I'm going crazy because I'm listening to you guys talk about the Italian movie with Fred Williamson and post-apocalyptic. I'm like, how does Adam not love this movie? I'm so shocked. <laughs> and then it dawned on me when Loaf started looking things up. I am thinking of a different movie. Okay, you She's watch the new, new Barbarians. Barbarians, I think. There is a movie called The New Barbarians. <laughs> 
which I think is a Netflix title. It's also under Warriors. Warriors. This is a. Um, that was my Stallone impression. Warriors. I think. Um, this one's directed by Castellari. Mm-hmm. This one also has Fred Williamson and has George Eastman as the villain. And this one has Butt Rape. Um, it really does. And it also <laughs> it does. has mopeds. I don't know. Maybe it's the same movie edited differently, but I know it's not because this one has Butt Rape. And I. It's. Um, I think it's more enjoyable. I'm going to go out and let them say that because the uh, outfits alone and fashion sense is worth watching. Um, so we'll put it on the list. That's all I have to say. Goodbye. All right. All right. So a couple things. One, and I, I don't know if I'll ever get shit from this from our 13 listeners, but I will automatically say Castellari is a better filmmaker than Fulci. And I will automatically prefer his movies. So yes, New Barbarians is a better movie than New Gladiators. It's different. Um, two, rest assured, Emily and other listeners, if there is butt rape in a movie, it will be brought up on this show. <laughs> we love butt rape. <laughs> uh, at least talking you about it. You don't even have to rape our butts. <laughs> it's too. It's easy just to fall right in. Hot dog in a hallway. Um, the uh, And three... Um, Fred Williamson's outfits. You think they were bad in New New Bar- New Gladiators? You used to see it in New Barbarians. He's, I think he's pretty much wearing the headband again. Um, this time, his a weapon of choice is like a, a bow and Luke, a Dukes of Hazard bow and arrow, <laughs> with like exploding arrows and everything. Uh, That's a pretty cool movie, though. I mean, if you like the post-apocalyptic movies. And yes, George Eastman is a villain in it, which is he was not the villain in New. Uh, New Gladiators, he, that was Endgame, and he was kind of a villain. He was an anti-hero. Anyway, anti-hero. thank you, thank you, uh, Emily. Check out Deadly Dolls House. Did I, I always get that wrong? I'm gonna look it up. Make sure I'm saying that right. Yeah, Deadly Dolls House. Is it Deadly Dolls or Deadly Doll House? I have it. I have it on my. I have it on my Flipboard. Dolls, like, isn't it? Glee cast. And Glee cast, and that other show. If they ever make it again. Yes, deadlydollshouse.blogspot.com. I have it on my flipboard, so I never look at the site anymore. And, and uh, same as Death Rattle. It's pretty cool reading blogs on a flipboard. Get that app if you don't have it already. Um, no. Cool. No. Next voicemail. Hey, uh, this is Stallone. It's Stallone's uh, agent. Uh, yeah, I'm his brother. That's right. He has another brother besides Frank. Somehow people know about Frank more than me, but you know what, Frank? I'm his Asian, and you're just a nobody. <laughs> anyway, I'm calling in because uh, I used people to slander my brother and client and talk about how Judge Dredd was a bad movie, and, uh, and uh, it wasn't a bad movie, you know, and uh, it was actually a really good movie, and it made a lot of money, and, uh, you know, Salome was the law, all right? And Carl yeah. Urban is just slop. Uh, it, it rhymes and, when you slur like I do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I just on to say, you know, now go for slander uh. and uh, make sure to check out Bullet to the Head coming to theaters next year and also expendable soon on DVD shortly. Guess who wasn't in either of those movies? We've got a lot of shit over our uh, shitting on the old Dread movie. All from the Stallone family. Maybe his mom will call in too. 
Jackie. <laughs> talk she about was one of the best shit. ones. The best Stallone. <laughs> I like Frank, too. He was all right. All right, that's it for voicemail. Oh. Oh. Fuck this show. Shit, man. This show's going short. Um, No, we hit two hours. We're good. <laughs> Giving the people their money's worth. They don't pay anything. That's right. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll, continue, Wait, to, we'll continue to provide near zero for the zero they pay. <laughs> uh, so next week we're going to do our Halloween episode. Our, it'll be Action-y Horror-y Part 2. Um, Yay! We are going to review. It's going to be Wesley Snipes' triumphant return to the show already after only a month or so. Um, uh, we're going to do Blade from 1998, which I had only seen for the first time a couple weeks ago. And we're going to do Stick in the uh, uh, the, vol- the Vampire Realm. And we're going <laughs> to... Oh, God. Against my better judgment, we're going to review Blood Rain, The Third Reich, directed by Uwe Boll. Starring is this our nobody. first Uwe Boll movie? It is our first Uwe Boll movie. But it's not movie. our first Michael Pere movie. <laughs> it is not our first Michael Pere. So Michael Pere's triumphant return to the show and Clint Howard's triumphant return to the show and... I don't know anybody else. Have we done Clint Howard before? I feel like we have. I have to look. It has to have happened at some point. Maybe I'm thinking of that guy um, that was like the weird like weapon scientist in Tango and Cash. <laughs> what was his name? You know who I'm talking uh, about? Yeah. yeah. I remember. Um, let's see. Was that Cash? <laughs> yes. Maybe we haven't done any any. Uh, I don't think we have. I think I you're saw a rock and roll high school recently. I think you're mishtuken. Mishtuken, stup stup, stup stup stup. Cool. So yeah, Blade and uh, Blade and uh, uh, Blood Rain Third Reich next week. Third I know, Reich. I will watch the other two Blood Rain movies between now and then as well. So yeah. I'll, have, I'll have some. Uh, I don't know if, even know if I've seen an Uwe Ball movie. I, I have. I don't know that I have. None of these look familiar. I watched that. Uh, oh shit! I don't even want it. I can't remember what's called. It was a video game. <laughs> oh, gamer. Gamer wasn't Uwe Boll, was it? I think it was. No, was it dude. Not? I don't know. I told you I haven't seen any. It was. Um, God damn it! I even have the fucking game. Son of a bitch, you motherfucker! House of the Dead is a video game movie. Well, they were all video game Dungeon movies. That's Siege, all he made Tales, there for a while. Um, no. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. I love all the things you say you do. Far Cry. I watched that. Far Cry. Cool. Yeah. You ever play that game? Um, I don't think so. It doesn't sound familiar. Mercenaries in Africa. Oh, nice. And you have to take like... Uh, Shots, uh, if you don't take shots, you can get like malaria and shit in the game. Oh, nice. And then you'll start like shaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's not a great game, but it's a good game. It's all right game. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, that's next week. And thanks to, uh, thanks Emily again. And thanks, uh, thanks Billy Stallone, was it? Um, check out Billy's work at uh, Freaking Awesome Network and Freaking. Freaking Billy awesome. Stallone will be at Horror Hound uh, next month. Nice. So you guys Which traveling is, yeah, together again? We're gonna we're gonna do it to it. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to give somebody some incentive. What a rack on that chick in Blood Rain. In Blood Rain Third Reich, I'm, dude. I'm telling you what. Even if the, you think the movie sucks, uh, it's got some hot 
chick, uh, the Blood Rain chick is hot. She's nice. the one that played Typhoid Mary in Daredevil. Did you see that? I didn't see that either. God, you are so. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of, I don't watch a lot of comic book movies anymore. Yeah, so. but then you watch Captain America and you loved it. I so, loved it. I mean, yeah, get on the goddamn bandwagon. It's I'm the bandwagon. It. I'm working on it. It's a bandwagon. Jump on it. <laughs> it was a beer wagon. You jump on it. Uh, let's, let's Cheese just, wagon. Let's just stop this fucking off the road uh, show already. Off the rails. Sorry. Off the road. I fucking need to go to bed. Oh. All right. <laughs> We love you guys. And play, and, and I don't th- even think. Are you really sick? Yeah, I am. Okay. Again, so I'll probably call out of work tomorrow too. Oh my god. Out. Yeah. I'm having trouble <sighs> Pretty swallowing. Pretty soon, you, you and your wife will be living in my basement. I'm having trouble swallowing. Giggity goo. Giggity. Not goo. usually a problem for how we can. Uh, thank you, demise too, for our show inspiration, and thank you for listening. So, uh, until next time, this is Loaf Oot. We got hurt. Hey, Zombie.